In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by Obvi, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. That's lls.org slash bigclimb. Man. Hey, John, where are, you, where are you at physically? Are you in D.C.? Are you in Miami? Where are you at? Or, or Carolina? Uh, I'm in D.C. physically right now. I didn't have my uh, second son a week ago. Oh, dude. Oh, congratulations, congratulations man. on your child. Oh, damn. Thank that's you, great. Dude, that's great. Yeah, What's his name? I'm about to, uh, Amir Francis Wall. Amir Francis Wall. How about that? That's great, man. Oh, yeah. So I'm keep working out and doing school work and doing interviews and stuff. Dude, we want to talk to you about all of this, man. We could do two hours with you. This is going to be great. I'm, I'm excited about this, man. I appreciate, yeah, I, appreciate I appreciate you taking the time, man. You always make good to me, so no problem at all. Of course, man. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma Is. Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and it's like the bullshit and braggadocio. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. David, David Aldridge. Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he yes. had their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. Bogney So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship money that can't pay for the charters for the water and welcome to another regular edition of Hoops Adjacent. I am David Aldridge. Um, thanks to everybody who listened in on our kind of emergency podcast we did the other day. Um, great, great uh, comments that we've heard so far on that. Thank you for listening. Um, my man Waz Lambre is back. Waz in LA. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm in the house. Um, have not hit the streets. <laughs> um, as you know, like, honestly, man, like, when you hear the way some of the leadership people are talking, whether it be the police chief, the president, um, it seems like they're giving these guys a blank slate to basically do whatever they want with people. So I'm not going to front. I've been shook. So I've been in the house um, just sort of, you know, taking it all in. But I'm good, though. Man, it's it's crazy here in D.C., man. The 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 the, the lies that are being told, you know, <laughs> to to make photo ops possible is just amazing. And, you know, we've had a curfew here and it's the first time in my adult life I've ever been in a city with a curfew, so I don't even know how to react. You know, in the first two days it was seven o'clock. Wow, so that's literally like the sun's still out, and you telling me I got to go in the crib and stay there the rest of the night. You know what well, I mean? Like, yeah, in LA it was. I know it was in West Hollywood. I believe it was four thirty out here where I live. In oh the my valley, god, six thirty. Four thirty. Oh, yeah, geez. something like that. <laughs> wow. curfew. Oh, my God. Okay, I won't complain about the, my 7 p.m. curfew. <laughs> That's crazy. That's great. Hey, look, I don't want to take any more time. We want to bring in our special guest. I'm so happy we were able to get him in uh, this this week um, because he's been busy, as he just told us before we got on. Five-time All-Star from the Washington Wizards, John Wall. What's up, sir? What's up, new dad? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm just chilling, relaxing. Um Trying to stay focused, trying to stay locked in what's going on with the world and, and making sure I'm keeping myself safe and my family safe. So that's what I've been doing. John, let's let's get the, the great news out of the way. Son, uh, your second child, man. Tell us about your new son, man. Um, he's dope, man. His name is Amir Francis Wall. You know, he's just a week old today. So he's just in the house chilling. You know, they can't really do too much at that young age. But 
it's been dope. It's been another blessing for me, and um, I'm excited. So I know when I when I first when you first look at a newborn child, you don't even know literally what to do with them. You just you're just amazed that they're there and moving and they're actually alive. Um, the second time for me was a little easier. Was the second time any easier for you, or was it still just kind of like this incredible rush of emotions? Um, it was easier, but it's still it's a rush of emotions because, like, I mean, I gave him my mom's um, first name as his middle name. I just spelled it with an uh, I instead of E, so that was like yeah. me kind of getting that that feeling, intention in there, and looking at it. I have created something else that's amazing, and uh, able to put my mom's name in the mix. It was kind of like a different level that I didn't expect and feel, but it, it was great. Man, I, I'm so I'm very happy for you and your family, man. Congratulations, man, and, and blessings to all of you. But you know, man, there's so much that I want to talk to you about. Um, there's just there's so many things going on. I have to kind of I want to start just kind of how how you're kind of processing all of this information and all these things that we're all trying to process over the last week or so with George Floyd and the stuff that's going on in D.C. Like 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 I mentioned. Uh, you live in D.C., I live in D.C., and, and it's just crazy here and around the country and around the world and how you're just kind of processing all of it, man. Um, it kind of leave you at a standstill, you know what I mean? Just to see uh, what happened to George Floyd has been going on for so long. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. the first time it happened. And it's devastating and it's kind of frustrating. And, you know what I mean, sometimes people want to go out there and act with their anger and do things. But, you know what I mean, sometimes the best way to do it is speak with your words and not be silent. And I'm, I always talked about uh, people remember me as a person with great character and not just me as a basketball player. And then that's something my mom instilled in me. And that's something that I try to use as my platform to go out here and speak on things of how I feel and what I think is right. And uh, I just feel like the most important thing we really all want to see is justice. Yeah. I think that's really what we want. You know what I mean? A lot of us have gone out here and protest and doing it in a peaceful matter in the right ways and getting people to kneel and all those type of things. But I just think we just want justice. That's the, that's the fact that we want justice. And uh, the scary part about it is I feel like it's been going on for decades and been going on for so much longer than the time I've been on this earth. But if we don't have social media or camera phones right now, we wouldn't be able to see this act going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think, and I think, I think in the past people would hear about it and we would let it go out one or out the other and still be frustrated about it. But yeah. now that you can go on social media and look on somebody's page or the news and see what happened, like happened to George Floyd, that's devastating. Like, and then one guy go, one guy gets goes to jail, but the other three are free. And it took two people to start talking about it to get one person to go to jail. Yeah. Other than that, we don't know if the officer would have ever went to jail, and that's what's frustrating. Yeah. So, John, I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, James Dolan, the owner of the New York Knicks, uh, an email that he sent to his staff leaked. And it basically said in the email, as an entertainment company, we don't really have a place in this. We're not going to say anything. Yet you guys, as players, as Wizards players, and you guys are athletes slash entertainers, let's face it, you guys felt a, felt a need and a responsibility to issue your own joint statement as players together. Um, you know, just to me, that's just a stark contrast that an owner would be like, I don't have a place, but you guys, you know, stepped up to the plate immediately to say something. What went into that decision for you guys? Well, it's just, it's just us. I mean, me and Brad are, are leaders of the team. And we, like we said, we're African-American men in this world and we have kids. So we kind of look at like, how can we raise our kids in this world and, and not have them scared or devastated? You know what I mean? For me, myself, I'm scared to get pulled over. I'm scared to do certain things because I don't know how a cop might react towards me. And not all cops are bad cops, but it's just devastating what we have to go through. And uh, I think, I think, you know what I mean, with all coaches, all players, I think they all should speak up. I mean, we have a platform outside of this world that people want to hear. We're heroes to a lot of people. And at the end of the day, we're still regular people. We just have an opportunity to be superstars and some people that make a lot of money in this world. But outside of that, we still wake up every day and have to do normal things and go through normal problems that everybody else go through. And we have feelings just like they do. So I think for us to come out here and everybody love to see us play basketball and run up and down the court and see us score. But what do you mean to the world? What do you mean to the society outside of that? And I remember a couple of years ago in ESPYs, it was Carmelo, D-Wade, Juan, and Chris Paul went out there and spoke on something that was going on. I think that was dope because everybody looked at it and was like, whoa, the superstars and the people that's the superheroes to us in this world are out here speaking on what's going on in the r r real world to everybody else. And I feel like some owners should speak out on it. I feel like players should speak out on it. I mean, I can't force anybody to be on the side we want to be on or be 
judgmental to what they want to be. But if you feel like you got something you want to say, go out there and say it. This is the time to speak. There's no time to hold your tongue. John, the the statement that y'all made that Waz talked about is four panels, and it's very it's very powerful. It's it's white white lettering on on a black background, and it says we will no longer tolerate the assassination of people of color in this country. We will no longer accept the abuse of power from law enforcement. We will no longer accept ineffective government leaders who are tone deaf, lack and lack compassion. We will no longer shut up and dribble. And so, I mean, I just think that's that that's a little beyond you know. We have to work together and, you know, there's good people on both sides and all that nonsense, frankly. Um, so did you guys, was it a, was it uh, you and Brad kind of saying, hey, we want to say these specific things or was it the group kind of coming together and saying, "We these are four, these are a few things we really want to emphasize and everybody's signing off on it? No, oh, just just God saying these are things you want me and Brad. They just said those are things we want to go across. You know, what I mean, we got a group chat that we have with our team. We sent it to the guys, and uh, Brad started off with like this is what he's going to post, and we all agreed to it. You know what yeah. I mean, we all agreed to it. And we felt like it it was a powerful message, and you know, what I mean, we we wasn't going to force the organization anybody to join us. This is the players coming together, and, and the organization came in and did their thing, and, and also agreed to what we did. But uh, we just want to go out there and speak, man. Like you said, basketball. Like I try to tell you, basketball is going to stop at some point. Like we're not going to play basketball for fifty years. You know, what I mean, we got life outside of basketball. Like, what do you want to be remembered? What do you want to withstand and have your ground wisdom this world? And, and that's something we spoke on. And and I think, like you said, like it doesn't matter if you're on the same page or not. But the deal with the stuff we've been dealing with and hearing about it from my history books of going to school and then being able to be grown. Like I'm almost about to be 30 and I've seen so much of this happening, not just George Floyd, but a lot of other African-Americans. And it's nothing happening. It's still the same repeating itself and repeating itself and repeating itself. And I think a lot of people don't understand that if it don't happen to somebody that's close to you or somebody you love, it's not affecting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm I mean, really cool with, uh, and I'm really cool with Steven Jackson. That's like one of my OGs of the whole thing. I talk to a lot and to see how he's standing up and being a leader is, is amazing. He's like a front runner for so much. And I knew how much it hit him. So it hit me the same way because I know what type of environment he come from and what he's dealing with and how he's trying to get a piece out here for everybody in the world. Yeah. Well, growing up in, in North Carolina, I mean, what were your experiences like? I mean, with law enforcement, we all have the stories, uh, stories, plural, about, you know, encounters with them. I mean, was there ever a chance time where you really felt in danger or you felt like something bad was about to jump off? Um, to be honest, yeah, man. I wasn't a good kid growing up. I was a bad kid. So <laughs> I did some of my fair share things. But it's just like you get put in a position, you get put in a position where you like, if I get pulled over right now, I'm terrified. To be realistic, like I, I don't. If I'm in a if I'm in a dark area or a back street, I'm not stopping. I will go to a high speed chase to get to a part spot where mm-hmm. it's a grocery store or somewhere where a lot of lights at because that's how terrifying it is. You telling me if I want to be a, a black kid to jog in the neighborhood and I have to and I say okay, I want to cut through this white neighborhood, rich neighborhood, and then all of a sudden I'm targeted to get killed because I don't belong there. Like you know, what I mean, those are the type of thing we grew up with. That's the type of thing I want to. Well, you couldn't go to this side of town if you wasn't allowed. Like, why? Why can't now? We breathe the same air. We use different colors, but it doesn't make a difference. So, John, that's interesting to me. Like, you know, because you've achieved a lot of success in your career. DA mentioned at the top, you're a five-time All-Star, um, you know, All-American in college and high school. Um, you know, you, you've, you're a pretty accomplished person professionally and you're also fairly famous, right? Like people, you get recognized wherever you go specifically in the DC area, but you feel like even, you know, as much as success as you've achieved, it sounds like, um, you still don't feel completely safe within, you know, your status as a very successful professional person. No, I don't think, I don't, to be honest, I don't think we all, we all everything we are. Um, one person I can say is I look up to LeBron James a lot, just of what he does outside of the basketball court. And a guy like him that that's a superstar, what been uh, Mister Basketball of the World of a decade for so long, and at times he still don't feel safe. And he has young boys that that's in high school or middle school that still don't feel safe. So I just think that we have to have change. That's the biggest thing is we have to find a way to have. I think protesting in peace and, and getting our messages across and that's for everybody coming out and speaking how they feel. 
and getting changed. Like until we start voting in our cities for the government and the mayor and those type of things and getting changed, it don't make the adjustment to the president if you don't make those changes also. Right. You know, uh, uh, speaking of change, John, I wanted to definitely get this in and, and talk to you about it is the, the program you're running in D.C. It's it's a month long fundraiser, essentially um, called 202 Assist. And this is basically designed to help people in Ward 8, which is the, you know, the poorest section. D.C. is divided into eight wards. Ward 8 is on is in southeast. It's across the Anacostia River. Um, you know, anybody that knows DC knows that there's two DCs. There's a DC on one side of the Anacostia and the other DC on the other side. And we, there's not much attention paid to the other, the other part of DC on the other side of the Anacostia, which is War 7 and War 8. And the incredible difficulty that they have just with basic services like, like supermarkets and drugstores and things like that. Very few and far between in Southeast. You know, 31%, I think the number was of people that live in Southeast, you know, at one point or another have difficulty uh, living uh, below the, above the poverty line, I should say. It's 31% below the poverty line. And so, John, I know you've been doing this thing and and it's, like I said, a month-long program to help raise funds for people to pay their rent for families who have been affected by COVID. And I just wanted to know, you know, where did that come from? And, you know, how, how is it going so far? Oh, well, you know, for one, um, I go over there every day to practice. That's where my job is, where we work at. Yeah. Um, our Capital City Go-Go team that plays and practice there, uh, Washington Memphis that won the WNBA championship, they practice and play there. So I get to see the environment of what it is every day. And I see how rough it can be. And I grew up in that type of environment. And I know a lot of those people that live over there are, are frontline workers or essential workers that might not have opportunity to go to work right now or might be having tough times. So I see it as a point where why not look out for them? You know what I mean? I, like I said before, my mom instilled in me is don't be just known as a great basketball player, but as a great person with great character. And that's something I always look into. How can I help? And I know the situation where they can be where my mom couldn't work sometimes and we couldn't pay the bill. And the most important thing is making sure you have a roof over your head. I mean, you can always find ways to find food and things like that, even though that's difficult. But the most important thing, knowing you have somewhere to lay your head, that's the most important thing, and that's why I wanted to help them out as much as possible. Yeah, there's there is um, 18 days left in the in the fun rate in the drive right now, so you can go to 202. That's the area code for DC. 202 Assist, uh, 202Assist.com, and you can see how you can um, if you live in Ward Eight in DC, how you can apply through Lydia's house um, to see if you can. It's a three step process to apply. Um, and then it's going on. You can donate to it right now. Um, but John, I mean, I just, you know, it's just another, you know, a a way to kind of continue to connect to the community. And I just was wondering from your standpoint, like what, what have you heard so far from people in Ward 8 that, that may be able to take advantage of this? What are they telling you and what are, what else are they telling you that they'd like to have in Ward 8? I really haven't really got to connect with him as much because with COVID-19, you know, he really right, can't be around. Right, right, outside. Right. So, so right. that's the difficult thing about it because I wish I could because I can go over there and talk and interact with him because you know me, Dave, I like yeah. to be involved. Like, exactly, I don't like yeah. to just do things. I like to be hands-on. But um, we have, we raised, right now we raised up to like almost 170, 180,000 so far. So we still got 18 days left. And, and I mean, ultimate goal is to get 300,000, but if I can get more, that'd be dope so I can help more families out. But uh, I just think it's a great cause, you know what I mean? It, it's something that I always pride myself off of. And like I said, I've been in that situation where I know what they're going through. I haven't been through it as, as aspect of dealing with COVID-19 where you can't really go nowhere or social distance, but I know how tough it is. When you wonder how I'm going to pay that last bill to, to, to make sure we can stay or have food on that table, I know the experience, you know, all I really can do is just, you know what I mean, thank my team, I mean, my family, my friends, my teammates, my mentor family for supporting me. Uh, thank Mayor Bowser because she's the she part of leadership. She's, you know I mean, a big part of everything that goes on. And I remember when they was about to put our practice facility over there, I went over there and met her, and it was just dope. And everything she's doing for the city has been amazing. You know, John, you spent your entire career in in, in D.C. with the with the Wizards. Um, and I just would like to know what type of, cause it's obvious that you care about the community. Um, 
that you actually play in and live in. I just want to know what type of connections you've been able to make with the actual people of DC. Cause you know, it's obvious. It sounds to me that, um, that this is something that's important to you, that you do connect with the people in your environment. Um, I just want to hear about your, your connection with the, 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 that community in DC specifically in chocolate city, as they call it, DA. <laughs> oh, well, I think my connection is dope. You know what I mean? I think this is my second home. You know what I mean? Everything, most nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, be realistic. If I'm doing something in North Carolina in my hometown in Raleigh, I'm doing it in DC. And I just feel like that's that, that's what I'm supposed to do. I've been there for ten years, going on eleven. It don't seem like it, but uh, the, the city embraced me as a 19 year old kid that really didn't know much and know what was going on around here. And uh, I built my way up to get my reputation and my respect around here. And um, I do a lot. I just love giving back because I never had the opportunity to meet. Uh, NBA player, NFL player, or NBA superstar, my favorite player growing up. And uh, I've done so much here, and I plan to keep on doing more things. You know what I mean? I have good stuff for the hospitals. We have uh, Rex Hospital back home and Washington Hospital here where my mom was getting cured at and where she passed in of donating 2,300 masks to help with the COVID and uh, donated 600 meals out for them because those are the frontline workers that are sacrificing everything for us. Um, and I've also did things with Bright Beginners. I do turkey drives and backpack giveaways. So I feel like that's my intention to do that. I feel like they need a player like me that's the face of the franchise to touch the city and give these kids hope, give these kids hope they can make it out from where they're from. And I think I'm doing a heck of a job of that. Uh, it was. It, it used to be Chocolate City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I that's, a, comment on that. that's another podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> John, John, we got to ask you, man, about about how the rehab's going. Obviously, nobody's playing right now, so uh, but the rehab continues. I'm sure. Just how you feeling right now, and what uh, what you have been able to do in the midst of this pandemic, and and the the training you've been able to receive, and and how you've been able to do it, you know, with with social distancing. I feel amazing, man. I feel great, man. I'm 110. percent I just been taking my time. I mean, no rush at all. I told you that before, but. Luckily me, I have a half-court basketball court inside and I have a weight room in my house, so I'm able to still do my typical training I do, but just not on the full court and not around uh, our coaches. So they did a great job with our trainers of, of putting this app together, but this bridge app to tell us, like, excuse me, the workouts they want us to do and showing us videos of it. So I'm able to do that every day. Right. Um, I have a, I love my Peloton bike. I use that a lot at home. <laughs> That's one of the most best thing to invite and then you know when it's nice outside like it is today I, I, I went and bought a bike and I and I ride and I just okay. ride and see different things I never thought I'd see in the city uh, I got up to riding 40 miles in 3 hours wow. I don't know how but <laughs> I've been doing that so uh, you, you'll see a different me you'll probably see a skinny me like I was when I first came into the league but people don't understand you know what I mean when you deal with injuries and you can't really run and eat, run and do those type of things you really gotta dedicate yourself to a diet and uh, mm-hmm. me understanding that with the age I was getting, my body's back to where it should be. Well, well that's what I wanted to ask you, John. What's been the most, because I, I would assume this has been the longest rehab of any sort of your career. Um, so what's been the most challenging part about this? Because, you know, it's a day-by-day sort of grueling process. It takes a lot of mental focus. What's been your most difficult part? The most difficult part for me is, is being patient. You know what I mean? Because, when you get on the court and you do certain things and I'm like, oh, I can do this again. I can still do this. I'm, I'm still athletic. Like, even guys seeing mm-hmm. me dunking and playing one-on-one and three-on-three, mm-hmm. they think, oh, why he ain't playing five-on-five? Five? It takes a lot more. And my and for me, I think I love the game so much. Every time I play three-on-three, three, I'm like, okay, stop. You got to chill out. Like, cause I'd be like man, let's play five-on-five. Right. Five, let's play another 10 minutes. I'm like, let's take the next step. But there's no rush. It's not a mar- it, it, It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know what I mean? So I don't have to force myself back and then one thing I pride myself off this time is I said don't come back unless you're all the way healthy like me in the past I would come back and play through things and make other things worse mm-hmm. and John, like, that's one thing I, I figured out John what uh, so just so I can get this out the way so there's no chance <laughs> it looks like the Wizards are probably going to be in this this playoff kind of you know, tournament. Yeah, I, was that looking at up that, I was just looking at that thing, David. It's a little <laughs> tricky. That thing, I looked at tricky, but now I won't play basketball. 
I won't play basketball all, the, all this season. I'm waiting till next season. Okay, so okay. you you're convinced yourself of that now. There's no there's no yeah. turning back. Okay, <laughs> not even if you see KD and 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 Kyrie come back, that won't gas you to come back. <laughs> You see me 20, 20, 21 season. That's when you okay, see all, right, all, right, all, right. <laughs> all right. The Last Dance documentary has brought up the ongoing debate that no one will ever win. Is Michael Jordan the GOAT? Is LeBron the GOAT? One thing we do know for sure is Manscaped is the GOAT for men's grooming. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 essentials kit. Uh, you can play it safe with the lawnmower 3.0. You can go to the peak hygiene plan with new replacement blades for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. Waz, I know, I know you have uh, used this product, and I know that you are a big, big, big oh, supporter. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about the lawnmower 3.0 is is that you don't. It doesn't need instruction. Um, literally, if you've never attempted to do this type of grooming before it's really you turn it on and you just let that thing go and the best thing david is you know with other kinds of shaving when you use a razor or even another type of trimmer a lot of times you get nicks on your face and your chin and you don't want to have those type of nicks when you're doing this this version (laughs) of grooming and that's not a problem that's not an issue with manscaping i think that's what the two best things about it is is the ease of use and the safety you're keeping that region very pristine and un you know harmed right uh i I think that's the best part about the Manscaped products, man. It's, it's, it's very safe, very easy to use. All right. Well, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC, one word, at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. So, so along those, along those lines, um, you would have, you would have had to do this anyway, you know, whether or not the season had been delayed, COVID rehab, all of that, you would have had to do this anyway. You'd have to have had to reassess your game and how it will now blend in with Brad's emergence kind of as a guy that really has become, you know, a much more efficient, lethal, you know, getting to the foul line type of guy. How do you envision you, new John and new Brad kind of meshing together again starting next season. Oh, man, I can't wait at all. I mean, the way Brad's developing, he's developed every year he's been in the league, but I think with just how the, the league has improved and and changed and switching went through five now and Brad being so much aggressive again to the rim, and he's basically unguardable. You know, the way he was already shooting the ball, but he's shooting the ball even better off the dribble and attacking and finishing at the rim. Uh, it's amazing. I can't wait because this has been an opportunity where I finally let my body get all the way healthy where I'm not playing with nicks and knacks and I can be able to go out there and produce and help him at another level because my game has improved also. Right. You know what I love too, John, is uh, about you and Brad's um, relationship specifically is that it's it's ha- it's evolved. It's had its ups and downs specifically in the public space. But you guys have managed to still remain a united front. Um, cause I, you know, I remember when people were in the uproar when you were like, oh, you're number one and two or whatever, or sidekick or one A and one B. I know you remember people sort of blew that whole thing out of proportion. How have you guys managed to, to keep this thing close? Well, we're brothers. And I mean, before anything, like we never had problems with each other. We just two young talented guys that want to take game winning shots and had a ball in the hands in. And which guys don't want to be like that? You you expect that, and that's what you would love because both of you feel comfortable in that situation and not scared of the moment. But we never had problems. The media wanted to make it that. And uh, so we just sat down like grown men and had a talking. Do you have a problem with me? Do I have a problem with you? No. And we were like, let's go play basketball. And then it's, it's, it's crazy to say that because I was watching the Hawks series. They played the Hawks series from 2016, 17 year, uh, that year. And, uh, I text Brad like, man, I can't wait to get back out there and get another run at I miss it. And he texts me back, yeah, man, you was the best player. You was the best point guard in the league. Nobody was even debating it at that time because of the way you was playing at a high level. Like, nobody was getting 40 points with 20 assists or 40 points in 10 assists games. Like, nobody heard that in the playoffs like that. 
And you used to strap guys, John. You used to be a, a, a straight jacket, get blocks at the rim. You used to do all of it. Yeah, for so for him to still understand that and understand that and respect that to a factor. But imagine me coming back and getting to that same level with the level Brad is on now. That's going to be scary for a lot of people. Yeah. And my whole mindset is to get back to that level. And I believe I can. The way I've been working out and rehabbing myself and taking care of my body and playing 3-on-3 and playing 5-on-5 five five a little bit, showing me that I still got it. What about – I want to ask you about the newer guys that you haven't gotten a chance to get get it in with. Um, Davis Bertans had a, had a huge breakout year. Um, and, of course, Rui, the rookie, I got to watch him when he came and played the Clippers here. His athleticism sort of fl- flies off the page. Um, what do you think about the new guys? I think they're great. I mean, we got to figure out what we're doing with Bertans or bringing them back or not. I think he's going to get a check. <laughs> yeah, he's going to definitely get paid for somebody. We don't know who. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to get paid the way he mm-hmm. shoots the ball. But um, Rui's been a surprise to me, I can't lie. I didn't expect Rui to be the athletic, be able to put the ball on the floor there because I didn't see that much of him at Gonzaga. Well, we got great pieces, yeah. man. We got some great pieces that can help us work. And, and we don't know how this year's going to go, what draft pick we get or what happens this summer or making trades or anything like that. But I like where we're going. You know what I mean, with the pieces we have, I like where we're going. I, I, would, I would say this, though, you know, the difference between your squads, you know, the ones that got to the conference semis and got to game seven against Boston um, and and even the, the earlier versions, you always had, you know, really good wing defenders. You had Ariza, you know, you had you had uh, Gortat and you had Nene in the middle. You, know the I mean? like you had here. guys that really could compliment you and Brad defensively. That has been a problem this year with this Wizards team. So where does that defense come from? Where do those where does those additions come from that will get you guys back to that defensive level that you got where you guys were a top ten defense a few years ago? That's why I love you, Dave, because that's what I was gonna get to. <laughs> that's what I was gonna get to next. I was gonna say, like, we gotta definitely get us a wing defender, a lockdown wing defender. And hopefully me coming back will help these guys bring that intensity once they see how I am guarding the ball and blocking shots and Getting steals that to lift us up some more, but we had guys in and 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 Kelly Oubre and and those type of guys and Trevor Reza that we talked about. And I was just talking to Trevor the other day, so I definitely think we have to go get one. And I think that's the piece we definitely should add is getting a guy that's a lockdown defender that can knock down threes. The the way the game is played now, I mean, you know, it's almost it's all five out oh, five man. out yeah. zero in, right? Yes. You know, so do you? I don't know if you even really need. I mean, it'd be great if you had a, a, a shot blocking big. I don't, you may not even really need one in the game the way it's played now. So, um, is it more important to get that wing guy that can that can lock people down, or get the guy that can really that can still snuff stuff out at the front of the rim? Uh, it's tough because even the wing defender, you know, they they're gonna be switching one through five. That's the funny part about it. So right, right, Curry, right, right. If you guard yeah. the best player, you're going to switch anyway. So I feel like really to be honest with us, I think we just need a big athletic big that can run the floor, block shots. I mean, I just think we need a guy like that just to block shots and catch lobs. Like I never really, other than JaVale McGee, my first, what, year or two, I think I never, I never played with nobody that's athletic. Well, right. not, I won't say athletic, but somebody that can go be like a DeAndre Jordan or a Clint Capella that can right. get on that right, 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 right. And I, I feel like if, we, yeah. if yeah. I, we have that, just imagine how many more easy layups or assists me and Brad would get because you're going to have to be pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh what will the rest, since you're not going to play, and you're and disappointing me by hearing that, <laughs> you're not going to play this year, what what will the rehab be like I, again? And I know it, it may be hard to answer this, you know, because we don't know what people are going to be allowed to do. Um, but the rest of this off season for you, where will you be? How will you rehab? Um, I don't. We don't know if the Wizards are going to be able to practice much as yeah, a team. That, I mean, do you I'm take more, part in those things? And that's more so what I'm worried about because I don't know how to practice or anything going to go with being in Orlando. I think it's going to be a tight schedule. Really, just really play games, get a practice in maybe here and there, and that's yeah. it. So I'm going to be in Miami just working out, preparing myself with, like I would in the summer. Right. I, I, and do you have any idea if you will even be, would you be allowed to come to Orlando? I mean, can you take part in the, in the, you know, whatever the team is doing, even though I know you're not playing? No, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't even know. Like we have any, like the team hasn't even got that far to discuss it or anything like that. So that's the funny right. part to me because it's like, it just amazes me that 
how they even doing it. I mean, like, I don't even get it, but I guess that's what the league wants. <laughs> I can't say I'm. I can't say I'm thrilled with some of these ideas that some people are coming up with. No, I'm no, just I'm like, totally not, you know, but it's not yeah, my opinion. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, it's like you. That's why you play. You know, you play sixty five games. I mean, at some point, yeah, you are what you right. are. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It's not like the season ended at 25 games and there was major injuries and people right. weren't able to establish right. what type of teams they were. Um, I, 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 I'm, you know, whenever they vote on this thing and, and finish it, I would love for for Adam to add, answer some of these questions. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm 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 just as confused as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, let me let me ask you this real quick on on that, John. Are, would you be concerned going? to Orlando as somebody who, who wouldn't be playing, but you'd be there, you know, with all the other people that are going to be there. Is there any concern about playing, about going into an environment like that um, where we know when people congregate, this virus tends to re, re come back with a vengeance? Um, yeah, I would be, to be honest with myself. You know what I mean? That's where I'm like, I don't even go want to go there. I definitely support the guys from a distance, but I don't want to be in, in, into the right. mix of media, just to be realistic. I haven't been around a crowd like that and that many people in so long. So, and, and it's like, it's just, it's amazing what happened with George Floyd and then protesting. We don't even hear about COVID-19 right now because that's a bigger factor what the world wants right. to get resolved, which is right. You should go yeah. get the justice for this guy and his family. So it's like, now we think that yeah. COVID is over, but it's still effective. It's still out there. <laughs> But right now, when, you have, right. when exactly. you have a matter that's that much bigger and the world wants to see resolved, we don't hear about it. And this might have been, well, I think it's been a week since George has passed. And it might have been the longest we have yeah. without no COVID talked about, which is nothing right. wrong with because we need to figure this out and get this resolved for him and his family and get the justice. But people don't think that it's not over, though. Yeah, and and I think even when you see people on the streets, a lot of them are still wearing masks. Um, all every time, uh, for instance, like Governor Cuomo in New York, or any time a public official addresses the sort of state of things, they do address the numbers and you know what's going down and what's staying flat and all of those things. And yeah, you know, I, well, I don't know what the league's gonna do in regards to a guy getting testing positive and and all of that. Do you have any indication of? what the contingencies are, anything that you've heard from player reps? No, nah, no, no. Nah. I think they're going to get the call tomorrow, I think, with Adam Silver and all the people. And right, I think we'll right. get more information from that. But other than that, we really don't know too much from what they told us in the past, and that wasn't really too much at all. John, you you are such a student of the game. I know you are. I know you. this is your obsession. Um what is what have you seen over the last year plus that you've been out about the game and the way it's evolving and and what the new areas of emphasis are and some of the great new talent in the league you know like Adonis and Trey Young and people like that that you haven't had the chance to play against yet? Oh, it's a lot of great, it's a lot of great talent that's coming in. But to me, for to be realistic, for me, I feel like the NBA is easier now. Like in my opinion, hmm. like when I came, Why so? when I came in, Dave, you know, it was no way to get into the paint. It was a real power forward, right. a real center there. Like it, it was mm-hmm. like you had maybe one guy on your court that can shoot three. Now it's like you put your five right. best players out there, so it's like you switching one through five. So imagine switching a point guard, a center on me. I'm a, it's like that's a field day for me. That's more advantage for me. <laughs> and you look at the paint. Right. You look at the paint. It's way more spacious. Mm-hmm. You put your five best players out there. Like one time this season, we had Isaiah Thomas and Smith out there at the same time. That might have been the smallest <laughs> right, backcourt right, right. in NBA history. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Right. It, it's not about it's not about right. putting right. your defensive stoppers out there or anything like that. It's about putting your best players that can score and help us win the game. That's all it's about now. It's funny you should mention that, John, because at the beginning of the season, I think Russell Westbrook was struggling. He was having his worst start to a season in a really long time. Sorry, that's my dog complaining about food right now. Um, he was having his worst start <laughs> to the season um, in a while. And then the Rockets switched it is basically nothing but wing lineup and everything opened up for him. And I think you and Russ actually share a very similar game, right? It's it's predicated on getting to the paint. It's predicating on collapsing the 
the defense and kicking to guys on the perimeter. Um, is that is that sort of what you're talking about, spreading out and you being able to just work on guys? Yeah, that's all. I mean, Russ is going to be Russ regardless. You know what I mean? Because Russ play with the most energy I've ever seen, never get tired type of guy. But once, I mean, I think like with Capella being there, it was kind of making it tough for him and making the paint clog. And once they got rid of him and put PJ at the center, it was all open. Russ started having almost 40. There was nothing you can do. You know what I mean? I think it's just the spacing is there now, man. Like, I, I just look, I just look at this. I tell everybody, D Rose is the toughest player I played against. And if you thinking about putting D Rose in this area now, when you putting centers on him, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. And good luck, good luck with fives trying to guard you, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> so. what I'm saying, and that's, and that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. you look at like it's a problem example is this. Man. You, you remember guys, the threes used to guard like KD and Melo and and Brian at that time. You telling me that you switching point guards on them and centers on them, like? It's just it, it's just a game. It's like if you can score, you can get a bucket. Go get a bucket. That's all it's about now. It's like basically right. AU, right? And shoot a lot of threes. Like yeah, I remember we used to probably shoot twenty threes in a whole game, both teams. Now we averaging forty threes and twenty five of them at half. Right. I'm not right. knocking a game. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? We can't. The era just goes differently. You know what I mean? It's always going to be a new era where it goes. You just I feel like it's a lot more easier now. Was speaking of that, what what have you done to kind of you know work on the work on your shot, work on the the consistency of form and everything uh, during the time off? I think you know the most important thing with me was not taking bad shots. Like I would take dumb threes a lot of times. That's why my percentage was so mm-hmm. bad. Like if it's in a quarter, I'm shooting right. it every time. Like why shoot it every time? Like why mess up your percentage? Like, I didn't care. And a lot of times it'd be four or five. <laughs> be, I look back at so much film when I'm at, through this whole time, and I'm like, well, look, I see why your percentage is low. Then it might be like four or five seconds on the shot clock. Just get by somebody. I wouldn't get by nobody. I should have stepped yeah. back three. Like, what are you doing? Like, right. just understanding the game. Right. It's, just, it's just being more smarter and not messing up your percentage. Because I always look at something. I'm like, yo, why him shoot this shot at the end of the game? But I will only mm-hmm. average two or three threes a game, and two of my threes would be from half court. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> John, you're a veteran now. You said you're almost 30 years old. You got You haven't mastered that. Take make sure the shock make sure the clock sits zero before I shoot. Oh, I just missed getting it off. Hey Dave, I didn't care because I was the type of guy I make him so much in practice. When I be playing around, I think I can right. make I was gonna make him every time in the game. <laughs> right, 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 right. But you gotta master that. There are guys that are that are just pros at just missing the clock before they let that half court shot go. So they can say, I let it go, coach. Come on, man. I tried. Yeah, you know, yeah. I get it off. <laughs> <laughs> John, um, you know, I, I wanted to wrap this up with you because I appreciate the time. Um, but I just wanted to finish with this. We started with, with your, your second son, Amir, and your, your older boy, Ace. And I just wonder, I got two sons too. And <laughs> every day, every day, I'm thinking about, you know, what am, what, what, what do I, what do I have to do to prepare them for the world they're in? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wonder what, when your two sons are old enough to kind of understand things, what are you going to tell them about the world that they're in and how to navigate it? I just got to break it down to them and, and not sugarcoat anything. Tell them the things I went through, what I what I have experienced. Mm, excuse me, with racism and all that right now. And then also what's going on right now. I can't, I can't sugarcoat that from them. I think understanding and letting them understand yeah. to be safe, always stand up for yourself, always be respectful all that. Like, you have to do all those type of things because if you don't, you're going to be on the outside looking in. And I think as long as you just don't sugarcoat them, anything from them, because eventually they can always Google things and find out what's going on and what happened. And then with right. the history world in school, they're going to be able to teach them certain things. So just tell them what it is and don't and don't sugarcoat them. I mean, hope they understand and learn. Any the day, they still got to grow up and make their own mistakes and, and decide what they want to be in life and what they want to do. But I think the most important thing is we can try to guide them. The best way we can. Um, so, John, uh, I, I, you know, before we get you out of here, when when DA said that we were going to be talking to you today, I want to tell you why I was excited to talk to you. And that's because I'm a New York City guy and we're not very far in age. But in the year 2011, during the lockout, um, I was a bit of a club rat myself in those days. And you threw a 21st birthday party at Greenhouse 
that was so well attended by the most famous and important people in New York City. And when I tell you, John, this party that you threw was legendary. It made waves in the club um, nightlife community scene. It was so <laughs> epic. I'm talking about Puff, Drake, Mello, Swiss Beats, DJ Absolute. All of these people came to I, 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 I've seen footage of this stuff. Kemba Walker was next to you celebrating John Ball taking a, a, a champagne shower. It was incredible. Um, what do you remember about this 21st birthday party? Because for the people that are listening right now, like people throw parties in New York all the time. It's known for his nightlife. John Wall's 21st birthday is a legendary party in the history of New York City. What do you remember about that? Uh, I remember just like you said, everybody being there, man. Drake, Melo, Swiss Beach, man, Diddy, Mary J. Blige. Everybody did. I had a great time. And it was Greenhouse, one of my favorite clubs all the time to go to there. And it was dope, man. Like, I'm mad they took it away, but it was very dope. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just saw, like, if, if you can see this footage, DA, it's, um, John is dancing, having a good time the entire time. And it's literally nothing but more celebrities coming. Um, people getting on the mic, like, yo, we just bought out more champagne, more of this. Like, and John Wall, a young 21 year old man, he's not even from New York. I just thought it was incredible that John Wall could bring all of these people together. It just, to me, it just speaks to who John Wall is, bro. Like, people are attracted to John Wall. Yeah. No, they always have been, man. Always have been. Um, and and still the case here is evidenced by <clears throat> the commitment the Wizards have made to you and and to, and also to Brad to kind of be the guys to kind of lead them back to where they were. Yeah. Um, and you know and uh, I you know I, I, well let me ask you this in closing I'm sure you talk to Brad all the time were you surprised he signed the extension? No, I wasn't surprised at all. You know, I mean, just with what we have and and I knew we both wanted to get like see how it goes one more time with both of us. You know, what I mean, we both want to give it another shot. So like we. Got cut short because of injuries I had, in which I couldn't really control. But I feel like we both want to give another shot, and I both think we have. And like he said before, like he got so much better, and I'm getting so much better. I'm just sitting back watching and watching him grow. I feel like we got another big run. And um, right. And then you know, what I mean, rest in peace to uh, West until you know, what I mean, that that's definitely devastating for our franchise. You know, what I mean, because what he done, right? And how, so much he meant to the city and bringing the first championship here. So. Me and Brad is definitely trying to do the same thing that he did. You know what I mean? It's just sad mm-hmm. that it happened during this tough time that's going on, but he means so much to the organization, and, and we trying to get ourselves on that pedestal where he was. And every, and every time I hear people talk about him, it's something he's a great, kind person and a heck of a basketball player. So that's something I'm, I'm very proud of that I can be mentioned in the same category as him of being in the steals or assists or points or anything like that that, that he's done with his franchise and the ultimate goal is to hold up the Larry O'Brien, O'Brien trophy like he did. Right, um, right. John, just another another thing uh, sort of related to off the court. You negotiated a buyout with Adidas back in like October, which is sneaker deal. I feel like you kind of had the wrong place, wrong time sort of saga with your sneaker journey. I always felt like you were one of the more untapped potential signature athletes. Do we have any updates on your next sneaker situation? Uh, no, not right now I'm just relaxing, chilling out, and just playing out. Like right now I haven't played, so I'll probably be a free agent when I come back and, I mean, got to prove myself again, mm. which I'm ready to do. And, I mean, it's always dope to have a signature shoe and all those type of things. But in the day, you got to do what's best for you and best for your career. And I think that's what I did. Well, John, man, look, we, we definitely appreciate the uh, the time, man. I know you, you're very busy, even though you've, you know, there's no games being, you know, played right now and there's no practices, but you got, you got dad duties. We understand that. <laughs> um, so, you know, and yes, look, sir. man, the, the best of you and your family, M- much congratulations, man. Stay safe in the streets, man, and we will talk to you very soon, I'm sure. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you so much. Man, my pleasure. My pleasure. Horton can't find anybody. He gives it to Wall. Horton gets Bradley for three. Wise, I'm going to tell you, 
he's one of my favorite guys in the league. He's just, he just is. He's just, he's just a good dude. He's, a, he is a, you know, for a star player, he is very relatable, very approachable. I don't think he's ever said no to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, I love that John Wall's not afraid to speak his mind. Like he's just yeah, not gonna yeah. hold his tongue. He's not gonna sugarcoat no. stuff. I, that's my favorite no. thing is 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 his candor. Like he's just gonna say what's on his mind all the time and not bullshit you. And that's that's my favorite quality right. of John Wall, man. No, absolutely. He's gonna tell, and and he is, and he will cop. He says he'll. You know, he cops to mistakes that he's made, you know, on and off the court and, and wants to do better and tries to do better. And that's all you can ask of anybody is just, you know, just just understand when you've made a mistake and try to try to learn from it and do better. And he does that. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to him next season. I kind of was hoping he might sneak in a little little appearance this nah, year. In the he said you will not see John uh, in these new pl- He made that abundantly right. clear. He made that very clear. <laughs> he is shut down until 2021. That's all right, though. Uh, but I'm excited to see him and Brad together um, healthy. Yep. You know, both at different places in their career, I think it'd be interesting. Depending on what the Wizards can do with, in terms of the draft pick, I think they'll keep Bertans. Frankly, I don't. Th- I think the, you know, the the fact that the, all the teams have, have lost so much revenue is going to make it very difficult for somebody to go out there with some big splash and try to sign a guy like Bertans in free agency because he's he's a piece you'd love to have, but he's not a piece you're going to overpay to get. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Um, so he's probably much more likely to me at this point that he stays with the Wizards than, than leaves. But we'll see. You never know. It only only takes one team. Um, but anyway, my brother, um, as I say to John, please stay safe, man. Please stay safe. Um, you know, we got we got some cats that are trying to play for keeps now, yep. and um, <clears throat> we got to we, we can't give them yes, a reason. Sir. You know, they're looking for a reason anyway. So. Um, so everybody out there, please, please stay safe wherever you are and continue. Thanks to all of you for listening to the podcast. It's, uh, it's been growing. Um, we think we're putting some good content out there, but it's growing because you guys are supporting us and telling us uh, the good words. So much appreciated. And we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Welcome to Who Comic is on the Athletic Podcast Network.